Hey everybody, welcome back to the Great and Terrible AHS. We're doing Season 2 Asylum. With <laughs> me today is Miss Shadow Lovely. Hi, howdy. Hello. Howdy. Uh, and Slow Beef, hey. Hey, how's it going? Hey, hey, what's up? Um, yeah, we're starting a new season today, which is always exciting. Um... <laughs> Hmm. I, there are some things I liked about this episode. I yeah. will say that in advance. There were a few things that I thought they did pretty darn well. And I'm excited to talk about those things. Um, and then there's yeah. like a lot of other things. <laughs> I, I think like um, for me, uh, I watched this, you know, live on the TV with, you know, my wife and we had friends who watched it too. And it was like, my opinion was still I liked season one, even though I thought it ended badly back then. And during this, I'm like, hey, I like this. And then this is where I think like the American Horror Story cracks show even to like a fan where I'm like, wait a minute, what? You know, with certain things, but we'll get to them in due time, I'm sure. I don't know. Uh, yeah, so that was my... They're immediately hip-firing into, like, four different stories at the same time yes. in episode one. So, like, Godspeed to them, the wild <laughs> bastards. They couldn't even finish one story, and they're like, what about five? Yeah, yeah basically. <laughs> oh, my um, God. The good news is that yeah. we get a cameo in the first episode of this season. Um, And that cameo is Adam Levine of uh, Maroon 5. Um, who's playing a man named Leo, um, who I guess I mind hold. I totally mind hold this whole season, evidently, because I thought he was in season five. Um, nope, <laughs> season two. Um, and he's with his new wife, uh, Teresa. Um, right. They are newlyweds, and they have decided for their honeymoon that they're going to go to like a bunch of haunted places and bang there, I guess. Hey, Liz. You're, yeah. a, you're a funny God. little weirdo who likes <laughs> I, going to haunted places, you, right? You better watch where you go with this sentence. I, <laughs> no, 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 that's <laughs> it. I'm saying you're, you're a funny little weirdo who likes to go on like horror trips and horror uh -huh. tours. Yes, is this fair? Yes. Do they just let you fucking? <laughs> is that like a thing they let you do? Do they just let you bang? Also, usually you don't break into them alone, right? That's yeah. like a, that's frowned I mean, upon. I feel like we could probably <laughs> safely assume this is not like a sanctioned um, right, yeah, <laughs> tour yeah. that they're taking. Uh, it, it is of a, a very like um, condemned appearing building that is definitely yeah. not open to the public. <laughs> These feel like very like bronze metal haunted locations right yeah. like if you're going to places that aren't actively being like shown um you're you gotta have, be stuck in some really crap locations right and yeah you, you know also i don't mean to sound like a puritan or something but like gross um you know because yeah. like, a lot of these places not upkept or anything and at points when they're like hey let's let's do it on this thing that is like awful looking and has probably not clean at all. And we're going to get just infections by sitting on it, let alone putting privates on it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, let's get you some know? tetanus. You know what I love? Getting tetanus. It's my favorite. It turns me on <laughs> so much. I love getting mold inside and around my penis. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's all about, baby. <laughs> these, these, uh. these people need Jesus, and we have the season to give it to them, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And, like, he's got a camera, and he's, like, taking a bunch of pictures. That, for, that part's unclear. It doesn't explain why he's taking, like, pictures of her, but they're, like, taking pictures pictures and he's like well be sexy wait you're always sexy and i'm like well why did you ask her to be sexy then <laughs> um and then they break in and um Teresa is supposed to be the little freak of the two um she just looks like a normal lady but they make her a little freak who likes to bang in like 
places where lots of people died or some shit. Um, I love that for her. I love that she's out there living her truth. <laughs> yeah. Top tier character. Just having a great time. She is mm-hmm. truly, and I guess Adam Levine, like she's so hot that Adam Levine's character is just like, yeah, I'm into this. I'm not into it, but I'm into it. Let's. They even say like something to the effect of, "She's like, what are we gonna tell our kids about our honeymoon?" And he's like, "I'm gonna tell them that we banged in like 40 of the most haunted places in America." Um, and I'm like, <laughs> uh, even if you didn't do that, I feel like most people leave out the banging part of the honeymoon when telling their yeah. children yeah. about it. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. I, and then there's like a response <laughs> of like, "I will say that uh, we did what mommy liked and daddy lived." To make mommy happy or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Or just we went on to we went to a bunch of horror places, you know, and it was our yeah. honeymoon. You know, when you're older, you can fill in the gaps if you so choose. And if you don't, that's fine too. You know, like Yeah, don't need to give like the explicit details. Um, right. <laughs> and then um this is where I clocked my personal best of calling um, American horror story <laughs> out on plagiarizing something that they very clearly had seen on TV. Mm-hmm. Um because Teresa, who is the quote unquote like horror freak um she says that not not me um <laughs> i say it too i'll yeah. say it again she's a little horror freak i say it because it's an affectionate term for me i love my little horror weirdos that's why i'm doing this podcast with you too like, <laughs> well fortunately uh like Teresa, um I have a lot of exposition about what she's about to say. Um, (laughs) She starts giving like all of the history to Leo about like the place that they are, like giving him a tour, which is a weird thing to not have discussed before you showed up there. Like that just means like Leo was like, yeah, a a weird sanatorium in the middle of the woods that's not open to the public. Absolutely. I don't need to know any more information. I trust that there's a good reason you want to go in here. Because if they both want to do this for their honeymoon, like, obviously, or you think anyway, right, that, like, he's into this, too, and, like, he's into horror. It's not just her, right? Or, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it would make more sense, almost, to frame this as, like, a second or third date where the guy is just, like, duh, girl hot. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why he's making the bad decision. Because I've made plenty of bad decisions of in my life for girl hot. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Like, that's not unnatural, but having it be a honeymoon is, like, yeah, that's, like, a... It's like a planned thing, right? There's got to be intent from both sides, <laughs> or, I feel. I, I yeah. feel like a more realistic um, like interpretation of this would be like if they were both like horror podcasters or something like and that they're super into this or like just in general that they were both super into it because like otherwise that does leave this weird dynamic of like, oh, yeah, if- this hot lady who's really into like haunted places and then Adam Levine are married and he's just OK with whatever she wants to do. So, like, I think the the weird, the thing about it, right, because this is, American Horror Story has to give you the context of, like, they want to give you a little bit of the history of the asylum and everything. They want to deliver it through these two people, but it kind of doesn't make sense that they would be telling each other about it. Yeah. Unless you get, yeah, unless you come up with some better context like we just did without conferring or thinking about it, because it's not that hard, but... Yeah, you know, if it was like a it podcast is. and she was like recording and they were yeah. like, because he has a camera, if they were like recording, 
like an episode of something for like their web series or whatever. That would make a lot more sense. But either way, she starts giving exposition and she's like, this is Briarcliff Manor. It was born in 1908 and it was a tuberculosis ward and 46,000 people died there. And I bet a lot of you are like, hey, Liz, that's a really specific statistics is maybe perhaps American Horror Story ripping something off. Um, Correct. Uh, As soon as I heard those, I was like, that does sound very familiar. Um, Let me do a very quick Google search. Uh, yeah, no, they just straight up ripped off, um, not one, but two different episodes of Ghost Adventures, um, which (laughs) cover real locations, the main one being Waverly Hills Sanatorium, um... And by the way, the two episodes of Ghost Adventures, which they rip off, are like within one episode of each other of the season that came out the season before this season of American Mm -hmm. Horror Story was released, which means that they literally just watched Ghost Adventures and then were like, we could make that season two, I think. Um, (laughs) Let's just do that. I think my the most wild thing about it, too, is that, like Ty alluded to, there's a lot going on in this season. There's a lot of subplots and everything, but it is funny that they, like, sort of, not just, like, based it on a real-life location, but it sounds like also just, like, oh, shit, we need some background detail for the asylum, the titular asylum. Yeah. So, might as well no, borrow it. Yeah. You actually are probably right. What probably happened is that they had already written Asylum, and mm-hmm. then they retro they watched Ghost Adventures, and they <laughs> retroactively were like, ooh, 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 add this, add this part, add this part, make the asylum have this, make the asylum have this. Um, and what I mean is, um, as she's giving exposition, she starts talking about things like the underground tunnels and the quote unquote death shoot, which she uses those exact words. Um, <laughs> those are like the most notable things that are in I... the real life Waverly Hills Sanatorium. I love that they slightly change the numbers so you can't tell they're stealing homework. That's the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> but they went from the actual time of 1906 and they were like, this one was 1908. You know, How many people died in the real one? 63,000? Mm, that's a little high. How about 46? We're a little more reasonable <laughs> with our... <laughs> you know... What's wild, too, is there's a lot of subplots that are going to happen this season, and it kind of would have been clever to have, like, forecasted some of it. Like, and I'll, like, you spoil a thing we're going to talk about shortly. Like, there was a guy here accused of being a serial killer who claimed to be abducted by aliens. And you know what I mean? Like, there's, like, stuff you could do like that, but instead they just cover the, you know, the, they really only cover, like, the monster of the, the season, right? Slow you know? beef. Yes. It is so hard in writing to, like, give foreshadowing without <laughs> giving everything away. So, like, you, sure, we could be creative and have them discuss the aliens thing or, like, maybe drop some, like, Mm. like list a few people that we're gonna meet soon and then like Mm -hmm. list someone we're not gonna meet for seven episodes so there's that hanging intrigue of who who's this guy gonna be yeah and then um or or Mm -hmm. we could give you some slightly wrong statistics i got (laughs) off wikipedia and uh messed up a little how about that that works i guess Uh either or (laughs) And if you enjoyed that first bit of information, the second bit of information I'm going to give you about this asylum is based off of a different asylum that happened uh, two episodes later in Ghost Adventures. Um, And that is the fact that apparently this place was bought by the Catholic Church uh, in 1962, and it was converted into a mental institution for the criminally insane. That would be the Rolling Hill Asylum in real life, Um, which, fun fact, American Horror Story actually ran a promotional like contest thing where they would let people quote unquote tour the American Horror Story Asylum Asylum if they won. And um, that was just the Rolling Hill Asylum. 
Uh, so they literally in real life also used it as their location for like, this is our asylum, teehee. Um, again, these are real places where the real things happen, like the haunting, you'd take it or leave it. But like the actual part about like the sanitariums and like the terrible things that happened to the people there, uh, those were real. They're real places and real things that actually happened in history. Um, and we're just going to use that as the basic framework for our setting. When has that ever stopped us before? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, what's the problem? So I, I still don't see a problem with American Horror Story, but. So true. Yeah. Um, and then she explains that also, by the way, there was a serial killer there named Bloody Face. Cool name. Sick name, brother. Mm. Um, who was there, and it's the most famous resident of that specific sanitarium. Um and then they find a shock therapy bed thing and start to bang on it. Like, they go into such explicit detail of these two starting to bang. They even show, like, Adam Levine, like, lick his fingers in the most pathetic way I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> it's a lot. And then as they're, like, starting to bang on the shock therapy bed thing, mm -hmm. um, they hear, like, hella noise from inside the building. And she's like, that's probably something we should go check out and he's like no we're banging and she's like no we should probably go check it out and if the horror freak of the two of you says we should go check it out you should go check it out um or leave yeah one of the two <laughs> yeah or leave yeah, yeah that's actually probably the much better yeah. answer right like like <sighs> This is why you got to, like, talk about this beforehand so that, like, hearing bloody face isn't a surprise. Or yeah. else, like, <laughs> you know what the worst case probably would be, right? If you were waiting until then and then something happened and, like, you're mid-sex mid, mid -sex, and then your partner's like, oh, no, it might be bloody face. And then I might just break out laughing. Like, you just did, right? You just mm. did. That's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. This is a huge risk. Because then you start laughing when your partner says bloody face. And you're like, that's a stupid name for a killer. And then bloody face is standing over you with a chainsaw. And you're like, ah, he's right here, isn't he? <laughs> and he's right here, isn't he? Oh, he's he's right yeah. behind me. Um, this always happens. You have to give me some uh, warning well, Alright, just let <laughs> just let me finish, and then we can go to the bloody. Uh, All right, anyway. And so. then <laughs> this scene is almost over, but like the okay. So first of all, their like weird dynamic of like him being weirdly horny to to like bang here, and her being weirdly horny to bang there, and then them like playing with the shock therapy stuff. Like that's already weird, but it's about to get amped up to like eleven. Like the vibes are in shambles in this scene. Um, <laughs> the vibes are in shambles. I love it. You're like, absolutely right. It's a great way to put it, but it's true. They, they are running to where they hear the noise, and like mid run, she's like, "If you help me investigate this noise, you could put it in my ass." Um, <laughs> just kind of out of nowhere. It's kind of like that scene in Kingsman, um, except for I don't think that movie had come out yet. Um, and then he's like, hey, 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 this is getting a little dicey. Um, maybe we should like relax. We don't know what's making this noise. And then she calls him a pussy. Um, and then he's like, can we, can we please go back to banging? And she's like, no, 
put your arm in the scary hole and I'll suck your dick. <laughs> like, I love this lady. She's so fun. Like, she knows what she wants and she's willing. She knows what she's good at. She knows what she wants and she's willing to put those two things together to get it done. And I respect that a lot. <laughs> and Adam Levine's character put a ring on it. He's like, I respect this. Like, she knows what yeah. she's about and I like that. So I'm going to put a ring on it. And uh, now I'm going to put my arm in the hole. Yeah, yeah, so I can get a beach because that's like the agreement we've come to. So Adam Levine puts his arm in the hole. And, um, you know, after a, a moment of yelling, um, experiences between 2,200 and 2,500 pounds of raw force to rip his fucking arm off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, yeah, we don't see what happens, but um, something um, either bites or chops off his arm. Um, and Buddy, I don't- you're not going to believe it. There's a pneumatic press in the other's room. Oh, my God. It got me. Like, what the fuck? Because <laughs> it's like a clean chunk, too. Like, it's like the Monty Python Black Knight sketch. Yeah. Like, it's 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 a clean rip. It's yeah. way too clean, some might say. It's, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, it's, and it's like, give me give me the beach before I bleed out. But <laughs> yeah. It, you know. So about that beach. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and like, it's not like his arm got taken at like the shoulder or something. It's like dead in the center between the elbow and the shoulder. So it's not even like, oh, you know, like a, like a bear might rip off your arm by just like <laughs> taking it out of the socket. Like, no. Something cleanly severs his arm. Like, like rips the tricep in half. Like, that's a pretty, like, the tricep and the bicep. Through the thickest part of it, it's like someone ripping a phone book. It's pretty impressive, honestly. Yeah, exactly. They're not, like, terribly worried about it, though, because they just kind of holler about it a bit. And then that's the end of the opening sequence. Um, yeah, they kind of react like someone would if someone got shot. Um, and not like someone got their arm removed. Like, <laughs> yeah. their response is pretty nonchalant for... Like, it's a shocked response, but, you know, scaling, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like, it should probably be more. There's not a lot of urgency there. Like, there's some urgency, but not the urgency you would have. Because I feel like when someone gets shot, you know what happened. Someone shot a gun, and the other person got shot by a gun. Um, with this... You don't know what ripped his arm off. And like you said, it takes an enormous amount of strength to be able to do that. Um, so maybe we should be a little more concerned yeah. about what did Pe- it. Nah. Like people can lift like hundreds and hundreds of pounds off the ground without their arms coming out of their sockets or ripping in half. So like there's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. It's <laughs> hard to do. It's, prob- <laughs> it's probably impossible. <laughs> Don't worry, because now the tone of the show is about to shift 180 degrees because now it's 1964 um, somewhere, question mark. Um Kit, who is one of our main characters, who is played by Evan Peters, a.k.a. Tate, and also Kai, um, and whatever his name was in Roanoke, uh, and he's filling up a gas, or he's working, he's an attendant at a gas station. Um, I was going to make a funny quip here about, ah, ha-ha, people who don't fill up their own cars, but I realized that I think, Slow Beef, don't you live somewhere where people still do this? That it, It's a law, actually. You're not allowed to. It's law. Yeah. 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 I was going to make a how. funny bit about no one does that, and then I remembered, like, one place in the entire United States fact, still does it, and or, it's where it, Slow Beef lives. Until recently, Oregon, too. Um, they actually. Oh, really? That. Yeah. Um, they Interesting. That back, but, um, I mean, they changed that now, but, like, yeah, it used to be New Jersey and Oregon. But either way. Wild. 
Yeah, I don't. None of us really get it, but uh, you get, you get <laughs> sometimes like when it's really busy, you're just like, ah, screw it. You're, then you get yelled at. And you're like, what? Come on, you know. But like, whatever. Well, this... Also, they they introduce this character, the guy driving up to get his car filled up at the gas station, and he has the most. I'm a white guy from the forties, and I don't <laughs> care for I don't care for people of other races very much at all. <laughs> and like, they love to drive. They're about to drive that energy home as hard as they can and for the rest of this entire 1964 segment it mm-hmm. blows <laughs> it's, it's so bad it's wild uh, and yeah so like evans uh, or i'm sorry kit played by evan peters is right. pumping the the gas the, ga- the gas and the guy's like oh wow 30 cents a gallon that's so high which you know to us the audience is like haha it must right. be in the past and that's the indicator that yeah it's like the 60s mm-hmm. um oh and liz you, you did some research huh, <laughs> yeah. on this yeah because yeah, is- they make a whole point of like this dude like complaining and it's like a whole scene it takes like 30 it's seconds like, you, mm-hmm. you think you can gouge me out here just because you're out in the boonies I'll, I'll show you. Yeah. yeah. And I Googled it and like 30 cents in 1964 was like the low end of what gas cost then. And it took me exactly like 18 seconds to find that information because apparently that's one of the metrics in which we track inflation um, mm-hmm. is gas prices every year. Um, yeah, no. So they uh, couldn't be bothered to Google it, I guess, to do this bit. But they dedicate a whole 30 <laughs> seconds to it. Uh, mm-hmm. And so that guy was an asshole. Does it matter? No, because no, he just gone. throws yeah. he throws some dollar bills at Kit and then drives away. It's nighttime, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Kit starts to like break down shop for the day, uh, and he starts singing. There goes my baby by the Drifters, and then the gas. I don't know what that thing is called. The thing you drive over and it makes the bell. Um, yeah. the, that yeah. goes off to indicate that someone has either driven over or has stepped on the bell thing. Um, and then the power starts to flicker and some cows across the street start to go ape shit. And he goes and runs back inside like, oh, shit, something is going on. Um, and three hooligans are waiting for him, um, which we'll get to them because they suck. But um, which raises the question, how did the three normal men inside get behind him? Yeah, get behind him and also a make the cows freak out, b uh, make the power fuck up and c also step on the bell thing all at the same time while being behind him simultaneously <laughs> because horror yeah. <laughs> no yeah. because because there's no way they could have done it of course he's a dangerous goons list coordinated <laughs> they're learning they can open they can open doors oh but of course um they're the very important characters billy and then unnamed goon one and two Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. these men who are capable of doing black magic, evidently, um, are here to steal, I guess, one gun that Kit has, question mark? Um, it seems like guns are pretty readily available, because Kit's about to have another gun later on. Um, and if you thought last season was bad about slurs, uh, we get the hard R dropped, like, Mm -hmm. six minutes into this episode. Just so that you know, everybody here, except for Kit is super racist like they want you to know from the jump that every single human being Mm -hmm. not only now but also for the rest of the episode is extremely racist except for kit and that's never really like explained or investigated uh but all you need to know is that everybody fucking sucks except for Kit for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Billy like does this <laughs> really yeah, weird this intimidation. So, um, we're, yeah, <laughs> we're gonna learn like pretty shortly. Like, um, 
you know, Billy isn't an inter- a secret interracial marriage because society is so racist. No, Kit stuff, is. Right? Kit is, oh, not Billy. Me, Kit, I'm sorry. Kit, excuse me. Excuse me, Kit. Sorry. Yeah. And, um... Uh, basically this Billy, like to sort of intimidate him, he's got a thing of chocolate and he says like something like, Hmm, chocolate, like as if to intimidate him to be like, Hey, I know what's going on with you, but it comes across <laughs> like he's trying to fuck him. Like it just does. Yeah. I'm sorry. Or like, like that Billy wants to fuck someone who's like yeah. of a different race. Like he's it, like, mm, me too. <laughs> or yeah, something. Right? It's really weird. He does it in like a really, really weird way. Um, and Kit's like, no fuck off like they want the gun to like scare somebody with it yeah um and then like that's all we get of that and then he goes home i guess that's supposed that literally all that setup which took like a minute and a half is so that in about three minutes from now when some lights shine in the window we think it's that guy that's literally all this sets up um (laughs) nothing else that's That's never revisited (laughs) also uh, you know a um a damning look at racism in the 60s in America? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. They definitely, oh, what hard-hitting journalism this was. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Three, mm, three weirdos were weird and racist. And also, like, he had to marry his wife and in secret. And nothing bad happened to them. And there were no consequences for their actions. That's right. Um, And then... So, like, he gets home, Kit gets home, and his wife, Alma, um, who is black, is there, and she's, like, excited to see him, and they're very cute together, Um, and she's like, oh, we can't bang right now, because he, like, tries to bang, and she's like, no, the roast is in the oven, it's almost ready, Um, and then they decide, fuck the roast, I'm not even turning the oven off, Um, we're gonna bang anyway, R.I.P. to that pot roast that she had probably been working on for many hours. Hey, you know, um, you know what's a really bad thing to say, even contextually, like after you bang, is um is well, my beef is really dry and tough now. Yeah, hope you like my tough and dry beef is essentially what she says, and it's like, huh? Do you think they did this on purpose? I hope not, because yeah, goddamn, right? what a thing to say. Uh, and then, like, they bang, and we have to see Evan Peters' ass, like, three times this episode. And yeah. this is, unfortunately, one out of three. Um, mm. And um, she's like, I'm going to go make you dinner, which yeah. is, I, I I, would assume she's going to make something that isn't the roast. And um, I, was, I took it to mean, like, let me try to make you, let me try to get something up to eat, you know? Like, yeah. So, right? Yeah. And that's when the lights shine through the window, and he's like, "That's gotta be <laughs> oh Billy." God, and he's, wait. he her roast is ruined. There's only yeah. one to go. Anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> wait a minute. What are those lights outside? Aurora Borealis. Um, no, no. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> this part of the country at this time of day. Yeah. So um, yeah, like the whole house is shaking, and there's like lights shining through that are like. Not car lights. It would be the equivalent of like stage lighting showing up in front of your house, <laughs> like full floodlights. It, it's a lot of lighting, is what I'm getting hey. at. It's not like a car po- with. It's not a car with the boys pulling up. It's <laughs> it's like five helicopters are circling your building, shining with the spotlights. spotlights in the same yeah. Place. Let me give yeah. you. Let me give you another way to describe this. Have you ever seen the movie Fire in the Sky? Well, it's a lot like that. What's that movie about? Let's talk about the next scene of events. Um, <laughs> you might be thinking, oh, no, they're here to do a racism because that's what Kit's thinking. And he mm-hmm. grabs his shotgun. No, it's not. It's aliens. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. And um, 
a kind of confusing sequence happens for the next 10 to 15 seconds um, of like general menacing by some unseen forces that are um, flashing bright lights. I kind of like the effect work of the tractor beam. I think that was fun. I think they did a pretty good job of like a few objects in the room start floating up into the sky before Evan has it. Or God damn it, Kit. Kit. I'm going to start calling their actor (laughs) names. That's just how it is. Um, But um, yeah, so Kit like sees a bunch of objects kind of float off the ground in front of him and just has this moment of like, what's going on? And then a split second later gets ripped up and slams into the ceiling and starts yelling. And it's like, it's pretty good. I think Mm -hmm. it's a pretty good representation of like, oh, just being sucked into the sky would be would be bad. It would feel bad <laughs> to have happen, probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just in general, I think being sucked into the sky would be probably pretty terrifying. Yeah. Um, if you've and uh, yeah, um, no, go ahead. No, I do think these effects are good, and and I am being a little facetious with fire in the sky, which I don't know if I'm dating myself or how popular that movie is, but that is um, an '80s or '90s movie about a quote-unquote real-life story of this guy who claims he was abducted by aliens, and the climax of the film is a thing where all of a sudden his like house is flooded with white. I don't think they do the tractor to be, I do think that's original to AHS, but a lot of this is like a very cool modern version of that same effect from that movie. But anyway, just me being a dick and calling out American Horror Story again, which, you know, I will do, but whatever. Anyways. No, that's what we have you here for. If they do, if they rip off Street Fighter, I'll jump in. Don't worry. <laughs> well, no, I've got cool. great news about season eight. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. um, I have great news about every episode of American Horror Story. No, but uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> and then that's like the end of that uh, scene is that him and allegedly his wife in their house get sucked up by some aliens. Don't worry about it. We're mm-hmm. not going to talk about them for like another 45 minutes. Um, and then some non-distinct amount of time later, uh, in 1964, I'm assuming, um, back at Briarcliff, uh, now in past time, uh, we meet Sarah Paulson's character, Lana Winters, which uh, people who have seen the rest of the American Horror Story universe will recognize her as being someone who's in several seasons. Uh, this character. Saying, yeah, Lana Winters has showed up a couple times yeah. so yeah. far for us, even. Yeah, yeah. Roanoke and Cult, I think, right? Yeah, Mm because she's like, yeah, right. She's just mentioned in Colt, but she actually shows up in Roanoke. Um, But she's the first Mm -hmm. um, established multi-season character, I believe. Um, And she is a reporter. Well, kind of a reporter. She's a journalist. I mean, same thing, I guess. Tomato, Mm -hmm. tomato. Right. Um, And she's here to speak to Sister Jude about their bakery. Um, some of you are probably like, well, we just saw aliens. Why are we back at Briarcliff? Uh, don't care. We're talking about the bakery now. Yeah. I legitimately did a fist pump when they full pivoted away from aliens to it's about a a nun now. I was like, yes, (laughs) they have no idea what they're doing this season. Yes. I I can't wait. I legit, I liked it when I was watching because I'm like, oh, this is great. They're like going all over the place. This is interesting horror because this is before I knew. Oh, yeah, wait, they don't know. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And um, so... Lana gets let in, or Lana gets let in, um, to talk to, I guess, Sister Jude about the bakery. Um, I don't know why they would have agreed to this interview to begin with. Anyway, we'll get to that. Um, And then a funky little lady, Pepper, shows up and hands Lana a rose. Um, And 
Lana has never heard of a rose before because she just bare palms it and it cuts her <laughs> hand open. <laughs> um, and then, oh, an- what does this thing have? Oh, this wow. thing has thorns. Oh, wow, wow. They should make a song about that. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, someone should have warned me. Um, Something and- so beautiful is so painful to grasp at. It's like a metaphor. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only. Um, and then my favorite character, uh, Sister Mary Eunice, played by Lily Rob, um, <laughs> shows up. She's so good. I love Sister oh, Mary she's Eunice. So good. Um, yeah. And she's like, Pepper, get the fuck away from that lady. Um, and then within not even two seconds of meeting Lana, Mary Eunice is like, by the way, you think Pepper's a cute little a cute little lady? Um, no, Pepper drowned her sister's baby and sliced its ears off. Goodbye. Uh, thank you, Mary Eunice. Very cool. Um, and then Lana looks to Pepper like, did you do that, Pepper? And Pepper's like, I don't know. Like, she has a little grin on her face like, maybe. Um and then Lana gets to go inside. Um, and Mary Eunice steals the rose out of Lana's hand for some reason and throws it on the ground. Um, this is out of character for Mary Eunice, as we will find out in like three seconds. Um, they intrude on Sister Jude's like office, I guess. And Sister Jude is played by Jessica Lang. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is shaving a woman's head. The woman's name is Shelly. Um, and she is played by Chloe Savigny. Mm-hmm. Um who I totally forgot was in the show. <laughs> um, and I guess she's shaving her head because she's too hot or she's maybe yeah. too horny. It turns out she's too horny. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's getting engaged with too many things. Yeah. yeah. And um, Jude only manages to shave like half of her head and it's supposed to like make her quote unquote undesirable as if that would be a problem. Um, and then all she really does is give her like a sick undercut and now she's even I hotter. Mm. I legit forgot that this happened to her later on. Cause they have a scene where like she tries to come on to somebody and I was just like, Oh yeah. Didn't you get your hair cut? What happened to that? Drop that. No, it was just like really minor. Yeah. yeah and it's yeah. just like a little corner of her hair. And, and like I said, it's done in a way that like people do on purpose. Like it's an undercut. Like she looks hotter actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they did. Sister Jude did a bad job. Oh my God. Sombra overwatch. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and then sister Jude, uh, sets the tone of this season by saying, and I quote, mental illness is the fashionable explanation for sin. Um, she's a nun in case me saying sister Jude wasn't yeah. obvious enough, um, which is, you know, a pretty terrifying and real concept uh, that is uh, a belief so, held by a lot of religious doctrines. I wish they would have done a better job in exploring this. I um, you know, and I think like under normal circumstances, I would even maybe defend American Horror Story by saying like, look, you know what? Um, this is not portrayed positively. Sister Jude is not necessarily portrayed positively. You know what I mean? So it's but. The problem is they seem to do this, like, kind of on its face in other seasons, like, when they're like, therapy's bullshit in season one, or like, you know, medicine is crap in season seven, or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, so, it's kind of like, nah, you can't even get points for this, I'm sorry, this sucks, American Horror Story, as usual, but... You know. Yeah, this very much, um, and even in this episode alone, we'll see that, like, kind of the skeleton of what they're building is, like, a lot of different conflicts between, like, religion and science and also, like, mm-hmm. mental illness versus just being a bad person. Um, mm-hmm. Like, they're trying to set up these very, uh, like, black and white, like, you're either on this side or you're on that side. And, like, usually neither side is, quote, unquote, in the right 
Um, so they, like many seasons, make you root for people who you don't want to root for because they're bad people um, and vice versa, mm-hmm. with very few exceptions to that rule of people who stand out as being like, okay, well, that person's for the most part morally good. Um, they might do a couple bad things, but for the most part, moral compass lands on the uh, right yeah. <laughs> on the better side of things. Yeah. Um, and we will see that a lot in this episode alone. Um, and then Sister Jude explains that the Mon- Monsignor, 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 uh, Monsignor. yeah. Monsignor, uh, Timothy Howard started, <laughs> started the bakery. Remember the bakery? Yeah. Um, started the bakery. I did the bakery, so you have to respect me. <laughs> yeah, I'm the one who makes the molasses bread. Um, that he believes in like the three P's and that that will cure mental illness, and that's productivity, prayer, and purification. Penis. Yeah. And penis. Right, yeah. um, Sorry, I'm Specifically five. for... Specifically for Shelly. Um, and then Lana's like, hey, are all your patients like wards of the state? And she's like, no, some of them are from the quote unquote ghetto, which will make no sense uh, ever. That will oh, never yeah. be explained. <laughs> oh, yeah. They said that. That was that's weird. I, so I think what they were trying to do is do foreshadowing for, you know, they, they try to find people who will quote-unquote not be missed right yeah. like that's the idea people that won't be followed up on and like that would work except they don't do that yeah. <laughs> they like absolutely don't do that nope <laughs> it's shown that they don't do that so it doesn't like why would why would sister jude be like here's some really uh incriminating shit i'm about to say <laughs> to a journalist that's a lie for no goddamn reason and then later on i'm gonna be like if you are gonna ruin everything little lady but it's like me ruining everything you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Me, me looking for the guy who did this when i'm the guy who did this <laughs> right, um, yes. oh no we uh we just disappear people randomly sometimes reporter why do you ask <laughs> <laughs> but that molasses bread though it's great right um, and then it's pretty good. You don't My get thing. it. These people don't matter anyway. So like, sorry. <laughs> yeah. it's like they're have not even seen, real. Have you not seen the purge? Come on, get with it. <laughs> um, and then, um, by the way, as she was like, as she barged in earlier and caught Jude like shaving Shelley's head, um, mm-hmm. Jude yelled at mary eunice for not knocking mm-hmm. um and then my favorite little lady mary eunice uh barges back into the room to deliver some very important information um and is like oh shit i forgot to knock and then leaves the room mm-hmm. <laughs> so that she can knock to come back in um the characterization for mary eunice is that um she's never had the brain cell like she's it's not even so funny she's and- not even ever seen the brain cell it's never been in the same room as mary eunice she is, yeah, uh, yeah. And um, she's like, hey, uh, by the way, the bad person is almost here, which they treat this like an, oh, shit, we don't want the reporter to know this. And it's like, well, why did you schedule the reporter to come on mm-hmm. the day that the serial I, killer was being dropped I'm, off? <laughs> I'm beginning to think that, um, who's the actress for uh, Jessica Lyon? Mary Eunice? Oh. No, Je- Lily Rob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Lily Rob. I'm beginning to think Lily Rob is just really funny <laughs> because there's like so many roles that she's played where she just keeps slipping in little bits of humor here and there. Like, she, I mean, God, last last season she was just Little Miss. I've got the vapors, and it kicked ass. She's everyone's favorite. I, I love it. She's a, she yeah. is. She's so good in the next season, too. She's my favorite part of Kevin. Without even, like, I'll just say, too, she, like, actually, like, gets a lot better, too. Like, I, Mm -hmm. yeah, like, she's, like, actually one of my unironic favorite parts of this season. Um, But. Nice. Yeah. She's adorable. Um, And then Lana, hearing the information that Bloody Face is being delivered to the uh Briarcliff um starts going fucking feral and is like oh, I gotta I gotta interview him you gotta let me interview him um and then Jude is like no I gotta get this uh, and then she lets <laughs> and then she lets her stay there still for some reason um and then Bloody Face arrives and is um escorted out of a like a carriage kind of um and it's a guy who's in a jumpsuit and we don't really see his face. And then, Ooh, it's revealed that it's kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's Which, like, some- <laughs> yeah. Who else would it be? It would be way weirder if it was just a guy we hadn't met. And you're just <laughs> yeah. like, Oh, it's a new guy. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? It's yeah. a new man we've never seen before. Um, and then we get a second shot of, uh, Evan Peters ass. Um, well, he gets hosed down and like deloused. Um, and then he gets like tied to a bed. Yeah, the light, the lice hate the sugar. <laughs> right. Yeah, he gets like smacked with a bunch of white powder. Um, while he's mm-hmm. butt ass naked. Um, and then he gets chained to a bed and sedated. Which they show um not one but like three different people getting sedated in this episode, and none of them are actually sedated when they like interact with the next person they interact with. They're mm-hmm. just like calmed down. Which if you get a hypodermic needle full of sedative straight into your neck. Um, you're taking a nap, but you're definitely not going to talk to people. <laughs> the other thing too is it's like it, it's it's a like half life burn off situation. It's not like you wake up and you're it doesn't like run out. It's not like a meter that empties and then when it hits zero, <laughs> you're just like, all right, I'm good. No more drugs in my system. No, no, no. <laughs> like when you first woke up, someone would talk to you and you'd try to talk back to them and just be like, the fuck (laughs) yeah just kind of like oh my brain still doesn't function yet huh (laughs) but you have to understand that like gas was really like expensive and so were sedatives so it's really watered down this is barely anything yeah it's just it is actually just water we're just injecting water straight into their veins that's never been bad yeah they would just inject they would just inject like someone who did any drugs in their life and they'd just be like what is what's this baby stuff like hitting with a baby aspirin injector yeah (laughs) it's holy water yeah exactly it's all that's how you get the mental illness out um and so then it cuts to uh kit being strapped to a bed um perfectly lucid even though he just got like a Mm -hmm. hypodermic needle full of sedatives um and jude is like hey you're a nasty boy and uh kit is like i didn't do all those murders aliens did the murders and jude's like lamau um, no. And then she says the catchphrase of the entire series, and this is not a joke, which is all monsters are human. Um, and I had that on a shirt once that I got from Hot Topic. Waiting for mm-hmm. the waiting for the freak show premiere. <laughs> yeah, waiting yeah. for the pre- there is a photo of me waiting for the freak show premiere wearing the all monsters are human it's, shirt. It's so funny. It's funnier every time. <laughs> it is pretty good, yeah. Uh, like you've got the pensive emoji face going on too. It's yeah. oh it's so 
good. It's, oh. it's a great image of um, me, I don't know, however many years ago, 10 years ago. Um, and then, like, because they're not super clear on, like, who is or isn't being racist, but we're supposed to assume everyone is, like, she's a little bit racist about him killing his wife, allegedly. Um, and that makes him mad. Like, this will be a reoccurring theme, not only in this episode, but for the rest of the show, is someone says something, like, wildly racist to Kit about his wife, and then he gets mad about it, which is normal and good, but, it's, like, it's weird how much it, it happens. It's, yeah. It's also, like, conflicting to the main conflict of the show, right? Is that they're, like, everyone is racist, so they're being extra mean to him for killing a black lady? It's like, wait, what? But uh, that's not how, wait, what? <laughs> like, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, he's about Wouldn't to have an altercation. Would society be more accepting of this? Isn't that, like, how that would work? It wouldn't, it, ra- wouldn't the societal racism, the systemic racism, in, help him in this case? In real life, they would be like, oh, yeah, no, it was aliens. We got you, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, but, right, so... Yeah, it it just doesn't make sense because, like, if it was, you know, they yelled at him for killing the other people and they were just like, oh, and I guess you had to do that, too. Then it would be like, okay, you're being dismissive of the value of life based on you being racist and you're being shitty to Kit. But this one's like, you're yelling at him for being racist, but you're the what? This happens in the next scene, too. He'll have an altercation with another character who, like, also does the exact same thing to him, where he's like, ah, I heard you killed your wife who's black. Um, But it's super unclear if he's trying to be derogatory about the fact that she's black, or if he's mad that he killed a black lady like it's very unclear as to what this character whether they're also being awful or whether they're like fighting for her honor I have seen writers fumble racism in like 120 different ways. I mean, God, I played video games for a job, so Lord knows I've seen it. Yeah, um, but this is maybe like the only one I've seen where it's just like confusing. It's like it's unclear who is being racist where. Like, you know someone's being racist. (laughs) Like, the vibes are racist, but it's really hard to like track it down. And understandably, Kit just reacts negatively to all of it, which is fair because it's very confusing to tell who is trying to like be mean to him or not. Um, But he spits it all or at a Jude, I keep forgetting her name, um, and she doesn't like it, so she spanks him with a ruler, um, and I mean that like literally, like bends him over and spanks him with a ruler. Mm. Um, okay, and then he make she makes him go downstairs to the common area, which, by the way, um, I think even probably in like the 1960s, if someone was in like um, the psych ward for murdering like 18 people or whatever um they wouldn't wouldn't just let you walk around i don't think i will say so my my mom was a nurse actually and uh after nursing school they actually uh she worked in asylum for a bit it was just like nursing school was like pretty intense back in the 40s and 50s and all or the 50s and funnily enough they did actually do a lot more mixing than you'd think like where it's almost like wild yeah and i mean i do agree though if you were a murderer or something you were probably in detention i'm not going that far i was gonna say mass murderer unexplained um they probably the asylum would never have happened in the first place right? right like you would be in prison and then in court and then possibly the court would decide you get to go to an asylum that's what's so confusing about the structure of this too is it's not a case of they've determined his guilt already or not Mm -hmm. they're using the asylum as a holding cell but like 
we already have a holding cell for suspected criminals. Yeah. That's called jail. <laughs> yeah. Like that's what jail is for. That's it's that's why they build them. Yeah. It's like <laughs> so like you, yeah. It's yeah. They they need an excuse to get him in an asylum, I guess. But like what they could have done is have the trial, have him found guilty even though he is not and then that's part of, you know, the driving force behind and, it. Well, whatever. You know, yeah, and honestly too, you can even like like kind of fold the racial thing into it cuz it's like, oh, he's guilty by insanity, you know what I mean? He's this guy is wild. We're not going to like give him the death penalty or anything like that, you know, that kind of thing. Cuz like yeah. Also, you know, and also in real life too, like like those insanity pleas, like you're kind, of, it is kind of ends up being like a life thing because it's like they don't really let you out. You know what I mean? It's like whatever. Anyway, so mm-hmm. um, no, they just like can't walk around, even though he allegedly like um, dismembered like eighteen people yeah. or something. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. And it's <laughs> kind of a lot, is the thing. Yeah, the crime is kind of big. It's not like yeah. He killed one person, which would already be pretty bad, especially if it was his wife. But, like, no, he's, like, a mass murderer. And, like, skinned them alive. Like, that's the whole deal, is he skinned all of them. And then uh, wore their faces. Yeah. yeah. Like, kind of a big deal. Not the kind of thing you just, like, put in with other people who, like, um like to fuck a lot or something. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like yeah. Shelly, who tries to fuck Kit. And Kit's like, no, thank you. Um, and he's like walking through the common area and there's a song playing in French for some reason. Um, and like they're showing us all the crazy people all doing their crazy stuff. And then there's just a nice little guy who's playing checkers. Um, don't get too attached to him, though. He doesn't have any lines and uh, regrettably he will be dead in like the next scene. Um, yeah, why not? But <laughs> he, uh, he's walking around and he's like, please don't try to fuck me. Uh, and she's like, I'm I'm gonna eventually um and then he's like i really hate this song and he goes to like turn the song off um and a french lady inexplicably stops him um and is like no you can't turn it off um everybody here will sell you out um and you're gonna get more spanks on your bottom um and that's a real thing she says (laughs) and again she's french for some reason um and i guess they just make that song play for no reason if someone if someone was like Hey, you better not deal with this thing that's a nuisance to you, or you'll get spanks on your bottom. I'd be like, "Yeah, I am in here because they think I murdered eighteen people. Right. I'm turning the record off." Yeah, yeah. Like, at some point you just have to embrace that you're allowed to be hard. Like life has thrown you so many bad situations in a row, you got to leverage something, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so the French woman's name is Grace, and she's like, "You can't turn it off," and it doesn't explain why it's always playing. Um, but then this is where the weird greaser man, like named Sp- Spivey, walks up <laughs> Wait, and is like, <laughs> Sp- missed, "Yeah, they I don't say his that. name. Oh, okay. They say it way later. Um, he's also known as the guy who will throw his own fecal matter. Uh, um, later mm. on for no reason really. Um, and then he's the one who says the weird stuff about." his wife and it's unclear whether he's like pro his wife or not um but then he starts fighting kit they start fighting because again people say like nebulously maybe racist stuff to kit and then he starts fighting them that's what he does uh and they're fighting and the music gets turned off during this somehow um that will be relevant for like the climax of this scene um and they're like f- hard fist fighting each other. Um, and then Sister Jude comes in with a whistle and blows the whistle, and everybody scatters to the edges of the room and like hides. Mm. Um, 
and there's like this big dramatic scene of her walking over to the record player and turning the song back on. Um, and then Kit gets beaten with nightsticks. Um, mm. <laughs> and then that's the end of that. Um, he gets put in solitary confinement in a straitjacket, um, and he gets like weird intermittent memories of banging his wife. Um, and then Grace shows up, the French lady, and gives him some food and also a cigarette. Um, you'd think that if they were like so strict that you can't turn off a record player, they would know you were smoking cigarettes inside. But alas, that's never addressed. <laughs> um, and he's like, hey, why Wait, are when you? When did they say she's French, by the way? I didn't even she, catch she that just the whole is. episode. If you just like listen to her talk, she is French. And this is it's another. Not, um, yeah. It's not like stated, but she is French. You can hear it in her voice. And also the actress who plays her is French. You can. Um, oh, word. I just thought it was a cute <laughs> affectation. I'm just really stupid. No, you're not. Sorry. It's, you, you can be forgiven because it's like, it, it, it's not like, she's not like, oh, croissant or, or Jim Jean Reno shit. But like, you know, yeah. Drops in the room, starts hitting me with some psychedelic eyeballing or something shit. Oh, my God. No, but like, it's very clear that either she's a dog shit actress or or her character is French. Like those are the only two. <laughs> those are the only two options for this character. Right. right. Um, and he's like, "Why did you get put here?" And she's like, "People say I chopped up my family," and then just leaves it like that. And he's like, "Did you?" And she's like, "No." Um, and then that's kind of the end of that conversation. Um, they're both just adamant that neither of them did their murders. Um, why a French lady is in an American psych ward? Who the fuck can say? Um, like I said, the only other answer is that the French actress is just really bad at pretending to be American. Uh, or she's an American who has um, uh, a possession that makes her speak French <laughs> yeah. a little bit. Oh. Only a little bit. Not enough that I notice, but enough that someone who's smart would notice. What if, no, wait. What if that's really why she's in the asylum? She's not French, but she insists oh. she is. She's got she that one really Napoleon rare, yes. that one really yeah. really rare thing that happens to people who get brain damage sometime where they develop an accent they don't have. Mm-hmm. That thing that happens to like oh, one yeah. in twenty billion people or something. Mm. God, I would love to just get hit with like a coconut and then immediately have like the most charming cork accent. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah. No. Uh, and um, then it's the next day inexplicably back in the common room. Like that's literally the end of that interaction. Um, um, and then Jude walks in and Mary Eunice is fucking sobbing um, <laughs> over a checkerboard, which you'll find that Mary Eunice sobbing is like her natural state of being. Um, she's just fucking yeah. wailing over this checkerboard. Yeah, much like her getting the vapors last season, this season, it's just kind of like like really hard crying too, like ugly crying, full bore in the corner every time. <laughs> yeah, like Lily Rob is really good at crying and she's going to make damn sure that she does it as much as she can in mm-hmm. every scene that she's in. My wife crying, my car crying, <laughs> my job crying, get the hell out of my office. <laughs> uh, and she's like, Willie died. And at that point, I was like, who the don't worry you're not supposed to know willie it's okay Uh, yeah and jude is also like who's willie um and then we realized that willie was the charming man who was playing checkers who didn't get any lines or anything um and jude is like uh okay well what happened and she's like a medical emergency happened during the night and he was whisked away to dr arden's wing of the facility this kills me because if they had taken the time to introduce Willie even a little bit and just give him <laughs> a scene where he got to be charming or something, 
it would hit so much harder, right? Or like, if we learned it's not his that name, much of an investment. You're just yeah, like giving a character like thirty seconds, a minute and a half. Like it didn't need to be a lot, right? It could just be like when Kit first comes in and everyone else is being racist, perhaps the black man there could have like a discussion with him about it or something. You know, like there could be they, anything, like any kind of inter. There's so many interactions they could have set up, and no. They no. They, Instead, it's just there was uh, there was a checkers man. He's gone now. <laughs> oh god. R.I.P. to him. R.I.P. to the checkers guy because he was just a funny little guy. Like everybody was shown to be like doing weird shit, and he was just minding his own business, playing checkers with himself. Like mm-hmm. he was just vibing. Um, but yeah, no, Willie is dead, and Jude's like, hey, um, so. Why did no one tell me about this? And Mary Eunice is like, oh, well, it was Dr. Arden. Like, he just, <laughs> he didn't let anybody, like, see him. He just took him to the medical place and now he's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, oops. Uh, and Jude's like, I fucking hate this guy. Time to go yell at him. Yeah. And Jude goes to go yell at Dr. Arden, who is like our subsidiary antagonist of this season. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Arden is. Mm-hmm confusing as to why he gets to be here just (laughs) in general Um, they start trying to play it like he's the real master of the whole thing and it just doesn't make sense I mean I guess I guess none of the structure of the church makes sense if you think about it that's probably beyond the scope of this podcast but (laughs) that being said um, why is Dr. Arden allowed to be here? I don't just the, the father said it's fine. Yeah, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. yeah. And so, some of you may be thinking at this point, like, damn, what a loaded first episode. We're not even halfway through. This yeah. is going to be a two parter. Um, we're like maybe at the halfway point of the episode. Um, and we're just now getting introduced to Dr. Arden. Yeah. Um, who's played by James Cromwell, which I'm really glad Slow Beef brought up in our group chat that he looks and sounds a lot like Donald Sutherland in this scene. Um, because I also thought as soon as I heard his voice, hey, that's Donald Sutherland. And <laughs> um, it's not. It's James Cromwell. If, if like me, you were once a 24 fan. He plays Kiefer Sutherland, Jack Bauer, you know, the character's father in that show. And the whole time you watch that scene, you're like, why didn't they just get Donald Sutherland to do this? And now my stupid brain has melded both of those. So if I ever refer to Donald Sutherland in this show and nobody catches me, I meant James Cromwell, who is Dr. Arthur Arden, by the way. What if you say James Sunderland? Oh, well. That's a whole different, that's a whole different scenario. (laughs) That's a whole different can of worms. They're gonna, they'll do great with it. They said today they're gonna rewrite some of the story. It's gonna be fine. Don't worry, everybody. Anyhow. (laughs) um. Uh, But uh, Dr. Arden is taking care of some plants, um, and Jude's like, hey, are you fucking killing people and he's like shut up i'm taking care of my plants science made these science is real god isn't eat shit um and so that's our science versus religion subplot yeah i can't even remember what he did to the plants too he's like i i made an apple gamma rays yeah gamma rays that's (laughs) what it was yeah he's like i bombarded this flower with gamma rays to mutate it and make it different is that crazy and then he holds up like a completely normal looking flower and she's just like (laughs) No, <laughs> that's nothing. God did that, you idiot! Now get the fuck out of yeah. here. What are you? Stop. Yeah. Yeah. Look at this. You see this? You see this flower that's a little wilted? God can't do that. 
Yeah, and then she's like, anyway, back to the fucking people who keep disappearing. Um, Like, four people have died in your care. And I'm like, cool, we have another Charles Montgomery in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, A really bad doctor who's bad at his job. Uh, And she's like, hey, it's a little weird that the bodies... Uh, keep disappearing what's up with that and he's like oh um they're getting cremated uh and then we get like a little weird micro shot of like people eating assorted body parts out of some bowls with like a violin stinger Mm -hmm. uh and then that's like when i say a micro shot i mean like one frame like literally Mm -hmm. one frame um, and then Jude's like, hey, it's a little weird that the people who have died in your care are only people who don't have any friends or family or anybody who would come looking for them. Um, it's a bit odd. It's a little weird. Yeah. Um, like it is. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, damn, that's crazy. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. And again, this is like a thing they tried to set up with Lana Winters earlier, but like it, they don't do that. And also, why would you tell that to Lana? Why would you tell that to a journalist? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Especially this- since we are, we'll find out in like the rest of this episode that like these are not two characters who like each other. They're very much yeah. so at odds yeah. with one another. Um, they do not have the same goals. So like the fact that Jude would be like, yeah, we take in people who have no friends or family. Um weird that she's thinking about that because that shouldn't be on her radar unless she's already actively thinking about like oh yeah we also have a weird frankenstein man who likes to disappear people who have no friends and family um oops did i say that out loud to a reporter um it's just a very weird information uh give from a character who shouldn't hypothetically be giving it um and then uh like you can tell there's a little animosity between them and then jude says something to the effect of, I yeah. always win against the patriarchal male. You're a nun. You're a nun. Yeah, you're a yeah, nun. You're a you nun. have not won against the patriarchal male. You, you, you are a nun. You actually are like one of famously the most subservient. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. In one of the mm-hmm. most patriarchal religious there's, systems in the world. <laughs> there's even like a scene, yeah. a scene we're probably going to cover next time too, where where like somebody is basically like, you'll always be a good like servant to me. Just You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Because, like, yeah, Catholicism is, like, one of the few that still is just, like, no, no, no. These roles are for dude, dudes rock yeah. only. <laughs> like, there's, yeah, huh. Mm. Of all the things to choose, you went with the Catholic Church. You know, and um, he has, I, I do, like, his, like, weird response line of, like, bully for you. Which is, like, yeah. you know, it's, it's odd, whatever, it's period appropriate. But, yeah, you know, okay, I, I'm, I'm in, it works fine. Sick comeback, bro. Always went against the patriarchal male. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh my god. Um. Yeah, and that's about the halfway point. Um. Mm -hmm. Which means we've established um a lot of opening threads and resolved none of them. The next one is going to blow your mind. Um. (laughs) We're going to introduce another character that will blow your mind Mm. um, because it's such a hard. It's time to be the 1960s, and we're going to have feelings (laughs) about people who are different than us. (laughs) (laughs) Who could say what marginalized group this will be about? Right. Uh, But but I guess we'll cover that next time on Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. Yeah. Any thoughts as we bring episode one, part one, to a close? I I just. Go ahead. You first. I was just going to say. 
I can't because I know too much, you know? So it's like, yeah, I know what's coming. You know what I mean? And it's just like, yeah. But anyway, I'm, I'm interested to hear what, what you're thinking. Yeah. I, I am fascinated to see what the hell they're going to do with the aliens. Because the aliens feel like the most, they should be the predicate of the whole thing, right? Yeah, like right. The al- I feel like in general, if aliens from another, like from a higher you know, being come down and interact with you, that's automatically the crux of the damn thing, yeah. right? Like in most great mystery stories that are like super duper long, if they do have a moment where they interact with like some kind of originator being or, you know, an alien of a something, that's the crux of the whole damn thing. That's either the goal or the inciting incident that's then entirely everything else is shaped around. Um, and I'm convinced that they're just going to forget that it happened. <laughs> they're going to like show it a little bit here and there. And then they're just going to be like, actually, this doesn't work for this story at all. Um, <laughs> let's just forget about the aliens for seven episodes and then bring them back once at the end for like two minutes. <laughs> Thinking about Roanoke. No, no reason. Um, well, I guess uh, I guess we pick up where we left off next week. Um Yep. We've established nothing, and we've opened a lot of plot threads and introduced a lot of new characters. <laughs> yeah, we met Mary Eunice, and she's great. Mm-hmm. She's I great. Her. I love her. Pepper's great, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't... I don't hate the boyfriend who just wanted to wanted a girl hot and then got his arm ripped <laughs> off with an impossible amount of force. Like he didn't do a lot, but I think Adam Levine's pretty blameless in the whole thing, and I can identify with his goals yeah, and interests. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Very big Matt from Roanoke Energy just got yeah, got a hot little lady too. Tells me she'll give me a beach if I stick my hand in the danger hole. Like, mm, all right, <laughs> let me weigh my options real quick. Yeah, yep, sure. <laughs> Yolo, right? Oh, like when yeah, when does that yeah, ever yeah. like? Oh my god, a twenty five hundred pound force ripping my arm directly <laughs> from my socket. <laughs> Nobody ever calls the yo Yolo bet, you know, really. But now, oh well. <laughs> R.I.P. All right. Well, till next time, everybody. Yep. <laughs> Bye. Have a good one.